Juicy Juicers. I'm Brooke. And I'm Alyssa. <laughs> and this is... For God's sake, don't drink the Jonesy Juicy. <laughs> <laughs> we are so stupid. Well, it's late and... We're delirious. I'm ready to go to bed. And Post my show. feet are cold because Brooke keeps her house negative 50 degrees. <laughs> Literally, I cannot feel my pinky toe. I'm sorry. She's not sorry. Not really. It feels good. It's a morgue in here. That's how <laughs> she likes it. Which I do too in the summer. But like in the winter time. Like Brooke, I was just telling her this story where um, I was talking to her mom about how freezing it is in the podcast room. And in the winter. And then in the summer, it's just so hot. hot. And... Well, well, first, let me. It's a huge bonus room over the garage. So, of course, you know, any heat in the garage is going to come up here. And, yeah. You know. Yeah, it's very hot in here. But, um, so I was telling her mom how, you know, it's like really cold in there. And so the last time I was here recording, Brooke comes into the room. And I'm like shivering. I'm like under a blanket. And I'm like, Brooke, is your heat even on up here? And she was like, yeah, I just turned it up to 65. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, that is cold. That's not heat. Like, I that's cold. literally, like, last night, I think I had, like, it to cut on the heat if it got, like, below 62. And then I'm in my bedroom with my fan on full blast and then the floor fan on full blast. But yeah. then I sleep with, like, six heavy comforters. <laughs> <laughs> well, I usually cut my heat off at night. Yeah. I, I like it freezing. But Well, like, it doesn't matter how cold it is in the room. I will always wake up just sweating profusely because i'm so hot every morning i wake up and i cannot like move out of the bed because i'm so cold well i share a bed with two other people so that's true but um so i usually cut the heat off at night and then in the morning it's like 57 degrees in the house and i will (laughs) you know turn it back on to like 64 um but Brooke literally keeps her house at like 57 and then turns it up to 64 when like my toes are about to fall off. So, yeah. If you need to preserve a body, just bring it here, JK. Don't, please. <laughs> well, anyways, this is our, I don't even know, um, what number is it? I think it's six. I can double check, but yeah. Okay, our potentially sixth listener juice. Potentially. Potentially. We're, yes. we're about to. F- okay, so sixth. Yes. Listener juice. Um, thank you guys for six episodes of your stories. <laughs> what? Uh, I'm not gonna say it out loud, but I just read what you wrote in the description oh. box. <laughs> <laughs> Forgot I did that. Oh, that's great. Oh my god. Oh my god. Anyways, um. Today, instead of doing six stories, we're doing eight. So four stories apiece. Which is great because it's been about a month and being that we got eight in this month, yay. We begged and y'all delivered. So per usual. Thank you guys for listening and caring and sending your stories. Yeah. <laughs> do you want to just go ahead and jump in or? Yep. Let's do it. Okay. Well, let's do it. Do it. So my first story is from Lauren. L-O-R-I-N. Is that how you say that? Lauren. Lauren. Yes. Um, And Lauren says, hi. Or actually, she says, hey. I don't know why I said hi. (laughs) (laughs) Hey. Um, 
My name is Lauren, and I wanted to tell you a story about a time back when I was only eight years old, and my brother Nathan was only five years old. And this would be one year after my father was killed in a work-related accident. I'm sorry to hear that. Oh, no. My dad had an old Bronco that he loved very much, and when he passed, my mom just left it where he last parked it, and it sat in that, that same exact spot for over a year. Well, one day after my mom had picked my brother and I up from school, we arrived home to a Rottweiler laying underneath my dad's old Bronco. My mom, of course, told us to get into the house and not to mess with the dog because it was a stray with no collar, and she didn't know if it was going to be aggressive or not. Well, days went by and the dog stayed around our house and it actually started to come up to us, but not in any type of aggressive way. So my mom started feeding him, and eventually we gave him a name. His new name was Rocky. Aww. Well, several mo- several more months had passed, Rocky was now staying in our home. Aww. And he became a great aspect to our little family of three. Well, one day, my brother and I were outside playing, and of course Rocky was outside with us too. When a stray pit bull came, a- came running up towards us, When my mom was in the house cooking us dinner, so she had no idea what was going on outside. The pit bull, the pit bull, the pit bull bull had actually started trying to jump on me, but I was so close to a small tree that I was able to climb up and get away from it by sitting on one of the lower branches. My brother, on the other hand, couldn't get up the tree with me. Oh no. So the pit bull had actually jumped on top of my brother's back, knocking him to the ground and whoa okay uh and rocky actually ran up and knocked the pit bull off of my brother's back by pouncing onto the dog's back good rocky my brother was able to i am so sorry i keep like (laughs) going to the line of like the line i just read uh my brother was able to get up and run inside and scream to my mom for help and rocky continued to fight with the dog while my mom called the police the police got there and was able to kill the pit bull and get me out of the tree. Aww. And my dog, Rocky, had literally saved my brother's life. Wow. Unfortunately, we had a new neighbor that did not like our dog, Rocky, and had called the pound saying that Rocky would growl at her and stuff. So they had to take him away from us. No, because he growled? Right. Like, that's not that's really bullshit. a good reason, but whatever. To this day, though, my mom and everyone believes that Rocky was sent to us from my dad as a guardian angel. <gasps> I've also added a photo of Rocky and my brother. Thanks y'all for taking the time to read my story. Did you see the picture? In no, I didn't. I, I had to go back either. and look. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that was a good story. Oh, I hate. Why would they take the dog away? I don't know. Like, I would understand if like the dog bit somebody, I yeah. guess. But Oh, that's so sad. but a cute story yes all right guys this is a long one and uh mind you we have not read any of these so i have no idea what is about to happen all right so this story comes from amy excuse me in march of 2017 my husband was setting up for a wrestling event in new orleans he works for wwe Ooh, that's pretty cool He asked me if I wanted to come with him, as it would only be a quick trip and I had never been. We checked into our hotel, Holiday Inn, located on Loyola Avenue. Wait, who is this? Amy. Amy Phillips. I know her. 
Oh, I do not. <laughs> our room was not ready, and the lady at the front desk was nice enough to upgrade our room to the top floor of the hotel. We checked in and had some dinner and went to sleep early that night because he had to be at work at 4.30 a.m. I was still sleeping when my husband left that morning. Around 5 a.m., I heard someone walking, shuffling feet, back and forth across the room. I assumed my husband had forgot some of his equipment and did not pay attention until it continued. I looked up from the bed and saw nothing. I turned over to face the wall and grabbed the covers and I heard it again. I sat up out of the bed and stared into the empty room. I got up and used the restroom and laid back down. I stared out of the window until... Okay, sorry. (laughs) I did the same thing you just did. (laughs) I was facing the large window in the room. There was a chair in the corner of the room and a floor lamp above it. I stared out the window until I fell back asleep. I then heard and felt someone sit in the chair in the corner of the room. Uh I jumped up out of bed and threw my clothes on. It was almost 6 a.m. at this time, and I knew nothing would be open, but I was not staying in that room. I walked down to the front desk, and I asked how far away how far the walk was to the casino the lady at the desk told me that it was about six to seven blocks and that it was a nice easy walk she told me there was a starbucks in the casino and i knew it was open 24 hours so i began my walk once i got to the casino i got a coffee and picked out a slot machine to play at i felt as if someone was watching me through the break in the machines on the other side i kept looking but i did not see anyone I even got up at one point and walked around the row of machines. No one was there. I cashed out and moved to a different row of machines. This time, as I was sitting there, I felt something sweep across the back of my neck. Uh-oh. Oh my no, gosh, no, no, this no, is no. crazy. Ooh. Something's following you, girl. Literally following you. It startled me so much that I spilt my coffee. I cashed out and left the casino. I started to walk back in the direction of the hotel. As I was walking about halfway back to the hotel, I felt a push from behind. (gasps) Oh my gosh. This thing is just not giving up. That is so scary. Yeah. I fell flat on my face out of nowhere. Oh my gosh. Wow. Imagine being a passerby. Wow. I had a stranger help me up and I looked behind me and no one was there. One more block passed and it was as if the sky had opened up. It started pouring. I stood underneath an awning. I got back to the hotel and I was soaked. My husband met me in the lobby and I told him what happened. He told me that he would go up to the room with me and I could change my clothes and we would walk down to the waterfront. I changed my clothes and walked with him to Cafe de Monde. I was telling him the story the whole way and he knew that by my descriptions of events that I had experienced something that was very real to me. As we walked along the riverfront, the guards went down for a train crossing. It happened so fast, but as I look up, I looked up, I saw a man standing on the tracks. Mm. Oh, no, no, no. The train came, and the man just stood there facing it. He was hit hard. Oh, oh, oh. He was hit, and I heard screams and eventually sirens as there were several witnesses to it. What? Is this real? <laughs> I am speechless. I could not get that image out of my head. I was ready to leave after that. I had no other incidents after that man was hit. I wrote the events down of this day so that they would not be skewed or forgotten. So this was a real man? Yeah. 
dude what a traumatizing experience hell like i am so sorry you witnessed that like i'm reading this over again because i'm like did i just like miss something here i legit thought she was gonna be like it was a ghost facing the train and when the train hit him he disappeared disappeared. yeah but no like it was a real man oh my god in july of that year i went to part i went to go purchase a new vehicle when i got back to georgia the man that I was working with was writing up my paperwork and waiting for financing to go through. My husband and I were making small talk with him, and I asked how long he had been selling cars at that dealership. He said that he was a retired police officer from New Orleans. I had to tell him my story. He was not surprised at all. In fact, he put a potential name to my paranormal visitor. Wow. Ooh. He stated that the hotel I was staying at was the former Howard Johnson Hotel where the sniper Mark Essex stayed at and shot 22 people. Nine people died and he shot 10 police officers, five who also died that day. Wow. I've not heard of this. Me either. That's crazy. He paced back back and forth on the 18th floor where I stayed until he was shot on the rooftop of the hotel. This could possibly explain the said pacing and shuffling of feet back and forth across my room. It all made sense to me and the events of that day will never escape me. It was so real. I get chills as I type this. And every time I recall this story, the footage of the sniper Mark Essex appears in the film days of fury from 1979 in a documentary called the killing of America from 1981. Wow. I am just that like what what a horrible thing to witness like i'm like like all around my brain is just like i can't even i have no words like oh my god (laughs) wow 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 you took the words right out of my mouth (laughs) wow oh what a terrible trip I would never go back. <laughs> never going to New Orleans again. Well, and you know, that place is probably like super oh, haunted. Yeah. yeah. For sure. But I mean, besides the paranormal stuff, like just the fact that you witnessed a man get hit by a train. What? This was literally like a paranormal <clears throat> true crime, just suicide. A suicide slash accident, maybe. Who knows? Probably like, Imagine like already dealing with all that paranormal shit and then you see a man die in front of you. I would immediately go home. I'm like, yeah, I'm out. <laughs> like, fuck Vince McMahon and let's just I totally go. want to uh, look up that hotel and Mark Essex because I haven't heard of him. I haven't either. Crazy. Well, Thank you, Amy. Was there like a reason why he shot? I'm we'll find out we'll find out okay mm-hmm. okay so um um let's see here um my my other story is um from sarah and sarah says hey guys i've been listening to you guys since just after you started and i'll be honest i had never been into the podcasting world but now i'm hooked oh thank you sarah mm-hmm. anyway i have a few paranormal stories i wanted to share but wasn't sure which i should share first I have a terrible memory, so they're all pretty short and sweet, but oh well. Is this, which Sarah is this? Mitchell. Yes. Okay, cool. She came and got one of our shirts, or actually she sent her wife to get one of our shirts the other day. Aw. Yeah, Serenity is her wife, Mm -hmm. and she works for the Milledgeville Police, and she was the one telling me all the crazy stuff, sent me the pictures. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Sorry, Um, just had to throw that in there. No, it's okay. Yeah. (laughs) I like the information. I like to know who it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
I guess I can start with the oldest story that comes to mind of an experience I had and shared with a friend of mine. I was over at my friend Cheyenne's house when we were in late elementary or early middle school. Behind where she lived in Covington was a patch of woods in a half-built neighborhood, which was just recently been, which has just recently been fully developed. We used to go out exploring around the neighborhood since it was sometime between 2007 and 2012, and there wasn't really anything better to do. We would basically just walk down the pavement of the roads of this area. We came across this tree that was surrounded by an orange barrier, like the ones they put around construction areas, kind of. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, we were obviously drawn to it. Same. Yeah. <laughs> we went over to it, and there was a single grave with a headstone with dates carved in it. Ooh. The dates were really, really old. I don't remember now what they were, but I think Cheyenne and I decided it was something around Revolutionary War times. Mm -hmm. Not sure how we came to that conclusion. Maybe something it said on the stone. Anyway, it was super creepy, still cool, but we decided we were going to go back home after making our discovery. On the way back to her house, we were walking through the woods and we heard footsteps within 10 to 15 feet from us. Oh, no. Yeah. These woods weren't thick enough to where you wouldn't be able to see someone or something walking if they were this close. We started to freak out and started walking a bit faster. I want to say I remember it seemed to follow us some for a short time. We ended up running until we were back safe at her house. And we haven't been back since. Mm-hmm. Um, probably a good idea. Mm-hmm. Um, it, uh, it may have been nothing out of the ordinary. We may have just freaked ourselves out since we were talking about how spooky the whole grave thing was. I would say it was just in our heads, but for us both to hear it makes me feel like that's not the case, which it's probably not. Like, Right. (laughs) Yeah, you're not making that up in your head if you both hear it. Yeah, exactly. When thinking about sending this in for a listener juice, I sent Cheyenne a message on Snapchat as she is still one of my very best friends. That's sweet. (laughs) I asked if she remembered hearing the footsteps also or if I had somehow made it up in my head. She responded and said that she too remembered the whole ordeal. So definitely real. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I no longer live in Covington, but I have since been, but I have since seen the neighborhood that is built there from the main road. I have not driven into the neighborhood, though recently I've been very curious to see what the grave looks like. Mm. Cheyenne told me it is still there. The name of the road that it is located at is Brixton Parkway. Have you ever heard of that? I don't think so. Neither. Also, as you may know, my wife is a cop. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure she has some pretty neat true crime paranormal stories I can pull out of her. Yes. I will let you know. She has also had quite a few horrifying paranormal experiences of her own as well. Serenity. Uh, What's her home? Come on. Anyway, I think this is long enough for a not so exciting story, but there will be more in time. Girl, send them. This is still like, (laughs) I mean, it's horrifying to hear that kind of thing. We love it. Love you guys show, Sarah. P.S. This is so long. I'm so sorry. And then like a crying smiley face. But like we love the long stories. Yes. 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 Don't be sorry. No. Thank you. All right. So my next story comes from Rachel. 
hi ladies, my story is not exactly my own, but I experienced strange things as well. My grandparents lived in a very old house outside of Oxford for roughly 14 years. I overheard my dad telling his story to a group of friends one night. My grandparents were out of town and my dad was going over to water plants and check check on the house. He was in the living room watching the football game and he heard the water running in the kitchen. He got up and turned the water off thinking that he had left it running. A few minutes later, he heard the water running again. He instantly got a heavy feeling and decided it was time to go. Yeah. yeah. I agree. (laughs) He immediately turned off the TV and went to the kitchen and turned the water off for a second time. He also experienced a heaviness from the time he turned the water off until he left the street the house is on. I always felt weird inside of this house. The bathroom was the worst, and I would always feel like I was being watched. Ew. Ew. I hate that. The next house my grandparents lived in also felt off. When we first looked at the house, it was cold and felt off from the very beginning. I only felt this way if I was alone in a room. I would run through the laundry room to get to the bathroom in the dark, and it scared me every single time. In the second house, there was a section of the house with three connecting bedrooms. This part of the house was not used as planned, as it was supposed to be a guest space for when me and my brother would spend the night. I am so glad that it didn't work out because I know I wouldn't have slept at all. This is the space in the house that I've personally felt like I was not supposed to be in there. Thankfully, they didn't live there but about one year or so. I've also come to the conclusion that my grandparents liked living in creepy fucking houses and I am not here for it. Stay safe. Brianna. Okay, so I guess she sent it from somebody else's email. So it's not Rachel, it's Brianna. (laughs) Well, thank you, Brianna and Rachel for sending that in. Thank you. Um, I've come to the conclusion that they like living in creepy fucking houses. You know when she said the three bedrooms like attached? Uh I thought of not on Papa's house. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. I was like, wait, is this social circle? It's Oxford. (laughs) Literally, I was thinking three bedrooms conjoined. That's weird. That's how their house is. Yeah, it is. Okay, so my next story is from Brandon. And Brandon starts off saying, So a little earlier on in my career when I was working nights, which he's a cop, by the way, um, we received thermal vision goggles to assist in locating criminals fleeing from us at night. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, I would love to use them. (laughs) So, being the person I am, I teamed up with another officer and we tried them out in the darkest places we could think of. Woods, dark streets, buildings, etc. Et well, one night, being the dumb cops we were, I got the bright idea to go to the cemetery at like 3 oh, in the God. morning. <laughs> right? I yeah. love it. I would do it too. So, we went out there and tried out the goggles. So, we start walking down the cemetery and I'm looking around. Everything appears normal. We watched each other fart to see if we can see it on the goggles. Oh you can, God. by the way. Oh my God. That is crazy. Like Nobody you can see safe. the air. I guess so. I mean, like, farts are heat. heat. Yeah, that so. is so funny. Oh, my God. what that looks like. It's like a poof of, like, <laughs> red, like. Yeah. That is so funny. Wow. Hate it, but love it. I want some thermal glasses. Let's get some some (laughs) thermal vision goggles um 
Then I see a strange figure in the distance. Ooh, ooh, I hate it already. It was shaped kind of like a person, but no heat signature. Hmm. Yikes. Um, started walking closer, and I noticed the area surrounding the figure was significantly colder than anywhere else. You can tell by the colors in goggles display. Mm-hmm. I took the goggles off to see if I was looking at a grave marker or if someone was crouching out Ooh. there. Oh, God. No. And when I looked ahead, it was an empty space. I put the goggles back on and the space was closer. So two grown men cops ran as fast <gasps> as we could back to our cars and dipped. Oh, yes. <laughs> I bet you did. <laughs> that reminds me of... So when we lived on Thompson Avenue and... Uh, Covington, you know, in the older area. Mm-hmm. One night, Aaron and I, and I believe the girls were with us, but this was like a long time ago. The girls were probably like six or seven, but we decided we were going to walk the cemetery at night. I don't know why we did this with our little children, but we're walking through that old cemetery. You know what I'm talking about? The, mm-hmm. the real yeah. close one. It's a really old cemetery. Yeah. And <clears throat> we're just walking, and all of a sudden, I know I saw it. I don't remember if the girls and Aaron did, but I saw it. There were eyeballs staring at me through the woods. Like, like we. I think we had flashlights maybe, but something was staring at me, an animal. I don't know what the hell it was, but I did not like it. There was like reflecting eyeballs staring at me through the woods and I ran. And I think I probably like left them behind. <laughs> but, <laughs> See ya. but like, dude, something was staring me in the eyes and like the flashlight caught it. And I was just like, nope, 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 nope. We're done here. We're nope. I don't care what the fuck it is. We're gone. And I remember it was like tall. So it wasn't like a cat. Like it seemed like it was like four foot tall kind of high. Yeah, it was weird. Four foot tall. Yeah. Like it was like a small person's height. Um, It was not like low to the ground like an animal. Yeah. Ew. Yeah. Um, I hate it. Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's horrifying. I know uh, either you or Ansley one have told me that story, but yeah. I didn't know it was four feet Oh, yeah. It wasn't like low off the ground. I don't know. It could have been maybe in the tree or something. I, I don't know. I don't know what it, it was, was but I owl. ran. It was just an owl. <laughs> just an owl. No big deal. <laughs> <sighs> that just reminded me of that. I wonder what cemetery they were in. Uh, I don't know. All right. Next story comes from Jamie. And she says, I wasn't going to send another email because I already sent a true crime one, but my dad just told me this story and I had to send it in. I asked my dad if he would wear a Ouija board shirt. Wink, wink. (laughs) He tells me yes. And in a very my dad fashion, turned a conversation into a story. He tells me that he used to play with one when he was a kid. It was at that moment I wanted to throw my dad away. (laughs) (laughs) He said one night he was at a friend's house and his group of friends were playing with the board. They asked the board if the devil was real. The board replied, yes. Then why was asked. Then why asked where he was. Then maybe she meant then they asked where he was. The board said, look outside. Shut <gasps> the fuck up. Absolutely. I don't even want to read this not. anymore. And then you look out the window and you see two glowing Shut eyeballs. Up. Like, I, don't, I can't even look at ground. this paper right now because I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, look at out this window. <laughs> no, I have to go out there tonight. Oh, God. The board said, look outside. No, no. 
When they looked out the window, they saw a man across the street leaning on a street lamp with a fedora-type hat covering his face. Okay, first of all, if Satan is wearing a fedora, like, can we just take a moment to laugh at him? Oh, my (laughs) God. My dad loves to tell stories and is very good at making them up. I asked him if this is one of his fictional stories. He said no. P.S. I have a few true crime stories that I'm going to send in, but I didn't want to do them all at once and have a whole episode of my stories. (laughs) Keep an eye out for some more of my stories. Love y'all. Jamie. Look out. Hell no. But Ouija board tells me to look outside. I'm going to say, uh-uh. Absolutely. I don't nope. take the Ouija board's board. getting thrown out the door and I'm not looking while I do it. Right. I'm going to throw it at whatever's out there. Close your eyes. <laughs> I love it, but hate it also. Uh, <laughs> gosh. Um, okay. If I could, you know, turn the paper. So my next story is from Abby and Abby has sent us a few stories before. Mm-hmm. Yes. So thank you, Abby, for having an interesting life. Yeah. It's funny you say that because the next one is from that I have over here is from Jamie also. Really? <laughs> Jamie and Abby are big. They're they're awesome supporters of ours. You guys rock. Yes. Hiya, me again. <laughs> I've had a true crime filled life that is for sure. However, I thought I'd send in a short happy maybe supernatural <laughs> story since I haven't had that many. So, the sad part is my mom had a sister who died on her 18th birthday. Oh, no. Sad. My mom's birthday, that is, um, from a rare brain tumor disorder. Oh, wow. Mm. Well, my brother was about two-ish. And before my aunt died, she had a son who was about six when she died. Oh, that is really sad. That is gracious. So, my brother and my cousin were super close, and ever since she died, they have the same exact dreams of her. That is crazy. Wow. She's telling you something. Yeah. Every couple of years, they'll have a dream where she sits and talks with them and comforts them, and it's always the same for them both. She tells them she's watching over them and any advice she has. It's insane, but it's comforting for them. It's almost like a guardian angel type of thing. Mm -hmm. My mom says that I'm a lot like her, and she gave me her name. Well, kind of. Her name was Lisa, and my middle name is Elisa. Aw. And it stands for Always Lisa. Aw. Aw. That's cute. That is sweet. I'm going to cry. Aw. I have never had dreams of her probably because I wasn't born yet, but apparently she watches me too from what my cousin and brother say. They could be full of shit, but I'd like to believe it's true. Oh. Hope this was a happy short one for you. Mm-hmm. As always, have the juiciest day. All mm. my love, Abby. Thank oh. you, Abby. That's a really cute story. Juiciest day. She's <laughs> the one that uh, one of her stories, she said, have hey, a juicy, juicy day. Have Didn't she? Somebody said, hey, juicy juicers too, right? Or did you say I that? I think that was me. I was think. it? She said, have a juicy day, though. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She did say yeah. a juicy day. Cute. Thank you, Abby. That was a nice little um, something to make you feel good after the devil outside. Right. So. I love it, but I just love it. <laughs> I love it, but I just love it. I don't hate it. I just love it. <laughs> <sighs> All right, Miss Jamie. Here we go again. So... Here's a little true crime story for y'all. Yay! Yeah, yeah. Not sure why I didn't think of this case sooner because it literally took place in the house I grew up in. I was born and raised in Annapolis, Maryland. Annapolis. Is that how you say that? 
Maryland before moving to Georgia. My parents bought their house back in 1998, right before I was born in February of 1999. The juice comes from the previous owners. My cute little childhood home was the home of probably one of the biggest drug rings in the city at the time. Oh my God. Wow. All right. John Baumgarten Sr. and his two sons were arrested in February 1997. Here's a short passage from a news article. As a strange story of barbering and drug dealing unravels in a federal courtroom with chapters on cocaine transactions, arson, intimidation, and a $25,000 contract for a hit, the quiet Magathy River community of Cape St. Clair near Annapolis has listened agog. What does agog mean? Um, I've never heard <laughs> Am I of stupid? such a word. Agog? How do you spell it? A-G-O-G. Agog. Okay, um, maybe I'm stupid, but I've I never would heard that. Google it, but my phone's by you. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, well that's what it says. Okay, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> this family pretty much terrorized the entire community and had them deadly, af- dead- deadly afraid of the family. They used a local barber shop as a front for their drug operation, smuggling 110 pounds of cocaine from 1990 to 1996. That's a lot of cocaine. Ooh, with a street value of $5 million. Wow. Wow. Which doesn't seem like a lot over a five-year timeline. It does to me. Me? It's, it's like, a lot of cocaine. Yeah, and literally, like, I'm thinking about changing my life. To be a and, cocaine smuggler? Yeah. <laughs> this sounds like a plan. I mean, $5 million? Damn. John Sr. started his crime in the late 1970s as a small street dealer with his brother along his side. The brothers split a kilo of cocaine and went several ways to sell. John Sr. heading south with his brother Joe heading north. In the 1980s, he brought his teenage sons into the business. Oh, so that's great, John. I mean, good job. Gotta follow the family <laughs> tradition. <footsteps>. Yeah. <laughs> with the help of his sons, he was out selling with his brother and outselling his brother started a sibling rival rivalry joe was arrested in 1993 on drug charges john senior was doing so well he recruited his son's teenage friends to sell for him wow joe is a stand-up guy too dude that's just what you do man i'm sorry john john was the stand-up guy from the beginning and he still is (laughs) he doesn't fail us no john's john's a, a good salesman before my parents bought the house, it had previous owners after the bomb gardens. We know friends of the previous owners and friends of the bomb gardens, and they have told some interesting stories. Right before the family was arrested, on a, a mutual friend went to visit the wife. Our friend said she was acting very strange and refused to let anyone in the backyard. Ooh. There's a random concrete strip in the backyard along the fence, and my parents always thought it was a dog run or had a basketball hoop. There's a person under it. Or pe- persons. <laughs> there are random cutouts in the concrete that were never filled in. A pardon? A pardon me? <laughs> I always thought that they buried something under the concrete and the holes were for easier access. Ooh, maybe money. Yeah, yeah. Y'all need to dig that up. Uh-huh. My parents have lived here for 22 years and I doubt they will ever dig it up. What? I totally would. I would. That would be the first thing I did. Yeah, like that's so weird. Like, 
before home renovations, I would put all my money into digging up that concrete slab. For sure. <laughs> That's a weird thing to have in your backyard anyway. Very. Before the previous owners bought the house, after the bomb gardens were arrested, someone had broken in and tore the house apart. Ripping up floors, tearing down drywall. Oh, there's something buried in that ground. Money, they're looking... Or drugs. Yeah. I assume they were looking for any drugs or money hidden, not sure if their mission was successful. My mom always feared when the family was released from prison that they would come back to the house. Yeah. They were released when I was in high school, though, and never paid a visit. Here's a little extra paranormal add-in. Ironically, my dad's barber that owns the barber shop the Bomb Gardens owned, the name has been changed, came to visit the house when the previous owner lived there. He said that he saw something in the house and refuses to ever enter my house again. Mm. Okay. <laughs> From my last listener juice, my house clearly clearly has some shit going on, so I don't doubt he saw something paranormal. Not super exciting, but I found it interesting um, I lived in the house wall where all of this took place. Thank y'all for reading, Jamie. No, that's crazy. Dude, please, like, I would that not want to live there, though. Like, I would always be, like, looking over my shoulder, like, are they coming back? Yeah, me too. I would be very paranoid. Mm. I would think, personally, like, paranormal stuff would be them. And I'm just like, yeah. those footsteps I'm hearing, that's them. <laughs> yeah, they're coming to get the money out of the yard. Right. Dude, I would so dig that up. Dude, I want to, can I come dig that up? <laughs> I will do it for free. Just give me like a third of whatever we find in there, right. even if it's Let's cocaine. take a trip to Maryland. Just kidding. About <laughs> the cocaine. cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> wow, those were good stories. They were. Do you have one more or was that a... That was it. Okay. Yeah, yeah wow. We had... Um... Eight. Yeah. Wow. Keep sending them in, guys. We would love to be able to do these one of these once a month. And we've been successful the last two months. We had like a really dry spell for a while where like we got nothing. So. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of you. And I'm sure a lot of you have multiple stories. So yeah, send them. Again, we beg. <laughs> we beg. Send. We plead. We beg. We plead. <laughs> send your stories, whether true crime or paranormal or honestly, just if it's fucking weird. Yeah. We would love to read it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I guess that's it. Oh, do you want to? Do we need to do our social media? Eh, they already know by now. Okay, well, bye. <laughs> <laughs> Later, homies. Bye. Have a juicy day. A, the juiciest day. Juiciest day ever. <laughs>